Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we have a very special couple of guests here. Abigail Hempy and Brandon McCarthy, who just <laughs> returned from an epic journey that I've been following on Instagram. And if you if you follow You're Overcrest, already laughing, Brandon. <laughs> so I've been following you a little bit on this a lot on this journey, and I've been sharing some of the stuff with all the Overcrest folks. So they have some kind of idea of what's going on. But let's why? Why did you go? Start at the what beginning. Are you, start at the beginning. What's going on? Why are you doing this? Also, Abby. Thank you so much for coming, and thank you for hanging out with Brandon and making sure that he doesn't die. That's right. While that's he's right. out there, I tried to kill him, Abby. So it didn't work out. She got mad though. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure we'll hear about it. What's so? Why did you go and get this this thing? Why did I? So why did I get this thing? Well, uh, mostly because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> me? Yeah. Fuck me. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. So it, it's, it's pretty. All... It's pretty hard to to fuck me, <laughs> unless you're like you fuck yourself enough. So it's all good. <laughs> no, this all started around uh, Abby and I have been trying to link up to go to NASCAR. Abby works at NASCAR, and we've been talking about. Yeah, I've been wanting to go to a race uh, since she started in NASCAR, and it just never worked out. And we, you know, finally got a date that worked. It was the Phoenix. It was the finale, like, race. It's, like, a big thing. And then my aunt and uncle live in Phoenix, so it's great. Are you a NASCAR fan or just casual? No, never never even been to a NASCAR race. I haven't either. But it it seems like something that you should do. Right? I mean, well, you got to. My gosh, what do you mean you've never been? We, I've we never been. I've, ne- that. I've never been to NASCAR. We've, we've wanted to go. We went to a week. I think I've been to one years ago, like yeah. as a kid. I'd like to go. I've thought about getting like the press credential thing and going down there and figuring it out. We did NHRA. Yep. We did that, which was like, I w- We should have gone to um, Third Road America again, like the last few years, right? Yeah, as a road yeah, course. Yeah, Road would America be, raced at NASCAR last year. Yeah, that would be really cool. They're not racing cool. again this year. Yeah, that's all done, I think. Yeah, no yes. more NASCAR and Road America. I know, sadly. that would have been good. Sadly, I don't I don't know what happened. That's a story for another time. So, that's, so fucking me. Go, get right, back to all that. All right, so we have a date set, November 7th, NASCAR. I'm going, meeting up with Abby. My aunt and uncle live in Phoenix. When I did the pup trip yep. a year ago with my wife, that would be home based out of Phoenix because of my aunt and uncle. So I was like, And all the all cars right. are dry. That's yeah, I mean yeah, bonus. It's a great right? place to buy a car. And I'm like, all right, I gotta buy a car. So I kind of started like casually searching for something. And I'm thinking like what, you know, kind of drawing inspiration on what to buy. And I'm like, all right, well, it's got to be diesel because, <laughs> you know. This so, uh, this so far, this sounds like you're looking at Jake. Fuck you to Jake. Now oh, you're curious no. about that. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, fuck him too for that 944 <laughs> bullshit. But so it's got to be diesel. That's a guarantee. Why? And then I'm like, Why? Because I'm a diesel guy. I'm a, I'm a legitimate. I love diesels. I've been driving a diesel bug for years. Okay. I've always been a diesel guy. Jake hates diesels he's yeah. a pussy we all know that i want you to defend diesels to jake because he oh, doesn't listen here. He... first of all they have better cold start capability and we were going to go through the winter in minnesota so that's one thing plus we got glow plugs it was going to last a little longer and it's higher octane plus we got a longer trip so it's going to get better fuel mileage for us which actually it got better fuel mileage than my 2015 chubby silverado so i would say that it was a good choice also, the package of having the suburban, like having enough room in the cab to hold everything we need, that was key. That was key. Yeah, see? I, w- I will say it makes a lot of sense in an old suburban like It that. makes a lot That's of cool. sense. Here's the thing, though, is 
you guys want to be diesel people. <laughs> no, I don't. You're not. Well, okay, yeah. No, I'm you not don't want to be anything. He pretends to be a diesel yeah. guy. Chris thinks he's a diesel guy. So I'm like, all right, so it's got to be diesel and it's got to be a truck because we, we're going to do some overlanding. Okay. Because that's been like the, you know, overlanding's like the hot, you know, it's the hot new thing, right? Yeah. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's overlanding. I don't know if it's new, but it is really hot right yeah, now. Yeah, it's really hot. I mean, it's not new, but it's hot. So it was like, all right, it's got to be diesel. It's got to be something for overlanding. And then where'd you uh, get your, where did you find your rooftop tent for that thing? Cause you got to have one of those. No, no rooftop tent. Fuck that. Hotels are cheap. <laughs> but then, you didn't even bring a sleeping bag. Don't tell me about overlanding. I brought the sleeping bag. Yeah. You're talking about, that's not very prepared, Brandon. I'm not a prepared person. But here's, here's the thing. Uh, in between when this like originally started and Chris bought that Mercedes diesel in Idaho. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah. wagon. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, Chris is like, I'm a Mercedes diesel guy. Mercedes. Here, Mercedes let's be clear. Diesel. Diesel. Just for a moment. Uh huh. I was driving a Mercedes diesel uh-huh. in 1997. In 1997, I was figuring out what an Aldo was. And I didn't even have the internet to go figure it out. Yeah. I'm old. Right. But being a diesel guy, I'm not a diesel only guy, but I do love diesels and You've i been do hating diesels your whole life i've only heard you bitch about them. I mean, all you is bitch about diesels. like what what did i bitch about the slowest car i've ever owned least true power undrivable won't start a million issues so basically you just agree with me uh no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway continue so uh i'm like all of a sudden in this when you went to idaho and got that mercedes wagon and then you're TDI swapping the trooper and you're doing all these things. And all of a sudden you built the Mercedes for the Overcrest rally. So, it, and then you got, then literally after I had already bought the Suburban, between when I bought the Suburban and when I left, Chad sold you that uh, E300 diesel. And then you're like, oh, have you ever heard of it? Oh, I'm 606. Oh, oh, oh. Not to you. I know you have. <laughs> So to be clear, was, I'm not that familiar with that engine. I, I know. Like anything after like a three, like a one W one twenty three, and after like an AAZ, which is a like a like an early Mark three diesel Passat one diesel. Point, yeah, yeah, one point nine old school. Anything newer than that, I have no idea. None. So like an OM six oh six, I'm like reading about it and trying to like figure it out. Like I don't, I really truly do not know. I know. And then you're like, oh, these are fucking cool. And I'm like, it's yeah, yeah, they are. Of diesels, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. All I'm saying is I was like, all right, you're, you've talked about TDI swapping the trooper and doing a trip. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a trip and it's going to be in a diesel off-road vehicle. And then when all of a sudden I go on Facebook marketplace and I find a Mercedes swapped <laughs> suburban, I go, oh, this is fucking perfect. Like the universe just handed me a little nugget to fuck Chris cool. Cause you're like, I'm going to fucking diesel swap this car and drive cross country, go on a trip. And I'm like, I'm going to buy this diesel swap for suburban in Arizona. And I'm going to go on a cooler trip off the cuff across the country and do it in a two week period because it's, it's not like it's, a year. And it's great. I didn't know. I didn't know that this was just a fighting match here. I, I didn't either, to be honest. Like I didn't. I didn't know we were fighting about this. I didn't know. Arizona. <laughs> I, I didn't mean, know. <laughs> you know, you can take resentment and you can harbor it and be bitter, or you can take that and make it into fuel and go on a badass trip across the country <laughs> in a fucking sick ass diesel mercedes uh suburban that's what i chose to do and when you sent me the photo of it i could not have been more excited for you 
it looked like a super rad truck and I was excited for your trip. You know, it's, let's tell me about the trip. How you going to see the thing the first time, you know, because <laughs> uh, this trip took way, Abby, this tri- trip took longer than it was supposed to, correct? Yeah, it did. It did. And we left later than we thought we were going to, but he, he got the initial part of it. So Brandon came down a week before I got there and he said he was going to get a non-starter because last time he got a car that already ran. Wait, Javelin, so you, right? that was you last wanted one. a car. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah. You wanted a car that didn't run. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I wanted, I, I wanted a- You're saying a, that after the fact. No, no, that is was 100% Is it just because you found the Suburban and you're like, this is perfect. Oh, it doesn't run. You know what? I can do it. The universe gave me a nugget uh-huh. and it was perfect, but my intent 100% was to find a non-runner because- when I bought that Javelin, I legitimately thought there was going to be serious mechanical problems. Yeah. And then I put gas in it <laughs> and put a belt on it and drove across the country and had zero fucking With problems. The most and, bald tires yeah, I've ever I was, seen. But yeah, I was like kind of pissed <laughs> off. I was like, God, I thought when I did the Javelin film, I thought I was going to have legitimate major problems. I thought you were too. I thought that thing wasn't driven anymore. It was no. sitting in California. I thought for sure. No, I put gas yeah, that in was, this thing. That was the only background I had to this project. I don't know any of the other things you guys are talking about at the fights <laughs> you're having here, but I knew about the Javelin. I saw the movie for that, and I was like, that's a good idea. And I thought, well, it looks too easy. We need to get something else. Yeah, well, wow. you sure serve yourself that up on a platter, didn't you? <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. No, I mean, that's exactly it. I was too easy, and I was like upset about that. Okay, you know? so let's talk about the philosophy of that, right? So, yes. why does it need to be hard? Just... Why does it need to be hard? Like, I like things that are hard. You like things that are harder. Jake likes things that are super easy. Won't even do a small no, block swap. We've one block away. This. One block away from the O'Reilly Auto Parts. We've talked about this. It's not that I don't find enjoyment in that. And some people do. I like that that is what you, you like adventure. Yes, that's cool that you want adventure. But to me, that's not the adventure I would seek out. Yeah, but you're talking about adventure that's like, hey, let's go on an adventure. And then you walk around the block and go back inside your house, <laughs> right? That's not an adventure. You didn't have an adventure when you went and got that Audi. He bought, he, he got an yeah, Audi wagon was, instead of a small block. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't. That was not an adventure. No, I didn't, never was supposed to be. Okay, so. Well, I- that's it's what all I'm relative, right? I mean, maybe for him it's an adventure. Thank you, he definitely doesn't I'm leave very house, sheltered. But, you know, I'm very sheltered and fragile. You enjoyed your walk around the block. So why do you like things that are hard? It's funny that you brought that up because I was talking to Brandon about this in our drive. Well, we weren't talking. We were yelling back and forth because it was so loud. <laughs> but uh, I was telling him, you know, sometimes I feel like I get a little soft not working on things. I mean, not, at NASCAR, I do end up working in the shop and stuff like that. But, you know, we're not doing team level stuff at NASCAR. Like, you know, we're, we're the regulatory body, right? So we're just, we're writing rules. We're making prototypes. We're building cars. We're doing tests. But we're not like doing engine builds or, you know, getting really, really down and dirty with things. And so I tell him like, man, I feel like sometimes my mechanic skills are getting a little soft. Like I need something to, I need to not have all my tools available to me. I need to be on the road and not have everything open and ready to go. Like we need to have a chance to say, all right, let's get creative with this. How are we going to fix this thing? And I feel like that, that kind of sharpens your, your mind a little bit and sharpens your, you know, it makes you a little tougher. It's like, all right, you know, I'm not going to be in a little warm environment for so long. We're going to spend a week in this car. It's going to be cold. We're going to be, we're going to be roughing it. And I just feel like it makes you a little tougher. 
It does. It feels a little calluses. Those little callus yeah. of the callus of the soul. It's callus That's right. and everything, man. It, it, you you tune up. Here's what you're, you're testing your resiliency, and you're you're testing. You go, can I exert my will against the world? Where you know <laughs> you get tested, and you're like, am I gonna fold? Am I gonna give up? Am I gonna take? You know, you know, you go, you know, no. I'm gonna just exert my will on life. And we're going to just keep doing that until literally exhaustion or success. And that's kind of what it was. And there was a lot of exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So talk me through the story. Let's hear this yarn. <laughs> well, so uh, I bought the truck from this guy, Sequoia. His name is Sequoia? Yeah. yeah that's pretty right. Sequoia. I never met Sequoia. Sequoia took the money and moved up to Oregon. And the truck was at his like godfather's bogart and bogart's a real character what do you think of bogart abby i liked bogart i called him humphrey and he really enjoyed that i don't know if your audience will get that joke but yeah yeah, he was great i did not know he was sequoia's godfather however yeah apparently they're deep family friends that wasn't his real name his real name was terrell Devante whitman what? <laughs> what are with the yeah. names of these people? But he wants to be called Bogart instead. That's what he'd been called for a long time. He okay. gave us a story about his his uh, mom's friend. So this is an old white guy living in the desert. All right, old white and guy named Terrell. Got it. He's Brandon's losing this deal. His mom's <laughs> yeah. his mom's friend slash midwife named him. And she was African-American and thought that Terrell Devante was a good name for him. And so he just, I don't know if, uh, to me, I, I believe him. I feel like that's a real story just based on how wild this man was. But it probably, I mean, it could be fake. But anyway, he said that he got the name Bogart when he was a kid. <laughs> what did you say? If I told this, nobody would believe it. They'd be like, this guy's making shit up. <laughs> no, I believe him. I believe him. I feel like that was true. I do too, but nobody would believe me. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about Bogart, meeting him. What was that like? This typical desert dude. Like, just uh, you know, I don't know how these people end up in the desert but there is a desert dwelling type of hard partying living large and then they're old and they end up in the desert living among the cacti and scrap metal and god knows what (laughs) yeah i don't know about typical (laughs) desert people i've never met a desert person before that trip so (laughs) is there a wikipedia page for desert people (laughs) yeah Yeah, there probably is i mean i don't know if he was typical or not because we only had a sample size of three and i met one other guy larger Yeah, no. So meet the neighbor. So these are like desert rednecks. So are these these are people that want to be? Are they they want to be left alone? They, they. I think so. I mean, he seemed like you know. I told him that I was I was coughing a lot when I first got there because I was getting over a cold and I was laying on the ground and coughing, and he was standing above us that night and he was asking me like. Hey, what, uh, you know, what, you need something for that cough? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm all right. And he, he offered me some medicine and he described what it was made out of, which I'd never heard of. And he said that he would take it in front of me what? just to prove that it was okay. Not and that I you. could have it so too. The, 
So there's the rest of the desert like, people generally are very no, untrusting. That's the desert people. <laughs> they don't trust each other, Jim apparently. Jim Jones, mate. They, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, they... <laughs> if you don't know who Jim Jones is, you can Google that on your own. Yeah, okay, no. so he had some, like, uh, home remedy made up his own concoction. A chaparral. Yeah. He was telling me all about it. I spent a lot of time with Bogart. We spent a you lot did, of time together. You did. My favorite thing was... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Were you healed? <laughs> <laughs> Were you healed? No. No one was healed. The making of yeah. this production. It was really funny how quickly he got offended by things, though. When I told him I wouldn't take it, he was like, all right, fine, then keep coughing. And he'd walk away, and then he'd come back with his forklift to come help yeah, let me us tell again. You if you're going to take some medicine from a guy that lives in an RV in the desert, eh. <laughs> but yeah, So, I, I mean, this guy is a typical hippie type, long hair, played in a rock band, ended up out in the desert. I mean, it's just... Scrap metal and cars and all this. And the, you hear the whole story. You don't really know. And I bought this car sight unseen. At, I literally trusted the guy I bought it from. He's like, ah, I think it's got a bad turbo. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I get down to his place. And it's about what I expected. You know, a typical desert. There's cars and shit everywhere. And so I get there with my aunt and uncle. And they had looked at, they had paid Bogart. To give the money to Sequoia, and they I, when they went down there originally, like a month before I got down there to pay for the truck, I was like, send me a bunch of pictures. And they sent me a bunch of pictures of nothing that was helpful. So I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. We're going to find out what happens. And What did what did your aunt and uncle think of this? Do they know, they know you? Me. Yeah, okay. they know me they really did. well. So they, they're like, this is totally typical. And then, like, this is, like, totally normal. They're like, oh, Bogart has a dog. Cool. <laughs> and they sent me more pictures of the dog than the Suburban. I'm like, all right, thanks. Uh, but, yeah, so I got down to uh, Phoenix Friday, the 28th of October. We went up the next day, the 29th of October. And I got up there, and we, I looked at the truck. I go, okay. And then we ran into town, and I bought everything I could think of to – test fire it and see what's going on we get back i put it all together and i test fire it and it's like oh this thing has a blown engine for sure 100 percent for sure so when you say blown engine what specifically do you it mean? was you'd literally crank it i pulled the glow plugs out and you crank it i so we started cranking it and it started hydrolocking it's like put it put it put it i'm like oh great so i pulled the glow plugs out and it would hit that bad cylinder and it would just shoot oil out of the uh out of the glow plug hole. Oh, wow. So I'm like, ah, oh, it's got a broken piston, yep. severely failed head gasket, cracked head, whatever. So it's like, at that point, you're like, all right, new motor. Um, so we left Camp Verde. So no, 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 dis- they're not discouraged yet. No, no big deal. No big deal. It's the hold a piston in the note. Camp Verde is an hour and a half, two hours north hold of my Hold on just a second. How did you feel about this situation at this well, point, he, Abby? Abby, you weren't there yet, were you? No, I wasn't here. I had no feelings about it whatsoever. I was too busy preparing for the race. So, And he didn't really give me a lot of information. He just sent me a picture of this scraggly old man in the desert. And he was like, and the picture of the truck. And I was like, good Lord, that is who we're buying this from. Okay. I don't know what could be in it. <laughs> a lot okay, of mouse so. turds. <laughs> so you had to find a motor. So I had to find a motor. So that's Saturday, the 29th of October. We verify the motor is bad. Come back. Uh, Sunday the 28th, we just fucked around because nobody's open. Nothing going on. 
Um, Monday the 30th, I do a full-blown search of, you know, every option to find an OM603 because I'm committed to the OM603. That, and that's what's in it, right? That's, what's, that's that was what was in it. That's yep. a mechanically injected version of yeah, my engine, right? IDI uh, six-cylinder turbo diesel. They put it in the 300D and the uh, 300SDL from like 86 to 89. Is, that, is it a 24-valve? No. No, okay. So no. it's two valves. Two valves per cylinder, six-cylinder mechanical injection pump. You know, so uh, when someone says turbo. IDI, what does that mean? Indirect injection. So that's a, you have a pre-combustion chamber in the cylinder head versus a direct injected diesel. The combustion chamber is in the piston. Okay, got it. Yeah, so it's older tech. You know, every diesel pre-90, you know, mid-90s and earlier is all indirect injection. Why? What is? What's the difference? Like, why do you need? Why did they go away from it? What was the? It's just an, economy it's, type of thing. No, it was just the original technology. I mean, literally from the inception of diesel engines through the mid '90s, they were all indirect injected, and then they moved to direct injection when technology advanced. And really, diesel technology didn't advance much from the turn of the century till like the mid '90s. Gotcha. So, and where are you staying during this? Uh, at that point, up until those first few days of Karen and Dave's, and okay. then Monday, I go do a, a total like search for OM603s, which apparently become like they're pretty hard to find. I found one engine at a junkyard in Phoenix, and then that was overpriced. I couldn't afford it. So then I hit up my Mercedes contact. So I know my buddy Darren, um, he became a big Mercedes guy. He lives with the. He lived with a guy Ian that's a big Mercedes guy, and they're friends with this guy Matt Kewick, that's a big Mercedes guy. He does uh like M113 swaps and classics. Um, so I DM all of them on Instagram like, here's where I'm at. Here's what's going on. Who do you know? So then Matt sends me this other guy's contact, and he's like, Yeah, I got a 603. It's in Mexico right now, <laughs> and he's like. I could bring it over the border up to uh, Albuquerque. I'm like, uh-huh, Albuquerque okay. is a four-hour fucking drive from Phoenix. I'm like, no. And then he's like, here, hit this guy up. And I hit that guy up. And he's like, yeah, I got one in Albuquerque, too. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I got to drive to Albuquerque? I'm like, fuck that. So I'm, I literally, every Craigslist, every Facebook marketplace, every potential avenue to find a motor, and I'm just, like, striking out. So at, on Monday night, my options were a $2,500 engine in Phoenix, a $1,000 engine that was in Mexico, <laughs> and then like another $1,000 engine that was in uh, Albuquerque. And then the dude that had the $1,000 engine in Albuquerque goes, do you know Edis? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, here. He like, gives me his phone number. He's like, call this guy. So I call Edis, and Edis Edis's father owned a Mercedes junkyard in Phoenix, and he works for his uncle, his dad's brother, that owns a Mercedes repair shop in Scottsdale. And Edis is like, oh, I got a 603 just sitting on a pallet in my junkyard. And you're like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, great. So I meet Edis, and uh, we go to his junkyard. Is he desert people or regular people? He's pretty close oh, no. to being He was dead. regular. He was regular. <laughs> yeah, really? You think Edis is regular? Well, maybe not regular, but he lived in the town. 
he didn't offer medicine and uh, maybe if I stayed there longer he probably would have yeah no. I suppose we got a low bar at this point <laughs> don't we yes <laughs> so I get hooked up with Edis and we go get this motor in his junker that looks like an absolute turd take it down to his uncle's shop where he works we test fire it there and then we load that up and so Abby's, what are you talking like test fire? We're just it's on the pallet. On, like on you're pallet, just cranking it. Put a starter on it. Start it up. It's mechanical diesel. You don't need nothing. You can yep. start it on a pallet. Fire it up. Yep. Yeah. So we start that engine. It starts, and it's like ah, oh, it looks pretty questionable. And then we load that into Abby's rental car. And oh, me, oh so Abby's here now. Yeah. Now I've arrived. Okay. Now hold I've on. Arrived. Just, hold on. Before we get into like the the rental car and putting in the rental car, which I obviously have questions about. Um, <laughs> just in terms of diesel technology. What is it about diesels that allows them to run without anything? Like a rabbit needs a 12 volt to the, to the solenoid to let fuel through. Doesn't need that. You can unbolt the solenoid and it'll start. Yeah, you take the little plunger out. Yeah. And yeah, and then it'll just run forever until you cap it off. It's or a mechanical computer. Explain. It's like a it's it's like a mechanical watch. It tells the time with gears and. So you're you talking know. about the injection pump. Yeah, the injection pump is literally a mechanical computer. Like it just has all these gears and springs and flywheels and weights in it and everything. And it, it just does all, you know, like you have like a, you know, normal uh, gas car has, you know, modern gas car is a computer that runs the ignition, the fueling, but uh, mechanical diesel, all that is done by the injection pump. And it's literally a mechanical computer that just, you know, you turn this lever and it's like more fuel and then it fuels until it hits an RPM. And then it goes, ah, stop. Cause you know, it's too much. Yeah. The whole thing, you, you pick up an injection pump and you go, that's a fucking computer. Literally. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like you're overselling computer a little bit. I unfortunately do know a lot about mechanical injection pumps now. Not as much as you, Brandon, obviously. <laughs> but as you know, I had to borrow your two rules and go through mine for the 944. Yeah. I mean, it's not a complex mechanism necessarily. Oh, yeah, you never opened one up yeah. before. There's Inside a lot is of like, shit going on. It's almost like you have the engine that the injection pump is running, and then you open up the injection pump, and then there's another little tiny little engine in there <laughs> with all these little it pistons. Does have and pistons and rotors. And yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's extremely complex. It's extremely complex. It's extremely sophisticated as far as... It has to be, it works so precisely. And like, that's the heart and soul of a diesel engine. Luckily the, so your uh, Volkswagen diesel has a, a VE, a rotary pump, which uses a swash plate style. That's what I'm thinking of. It's different. The Mercedes pumps are actually simpler because they're a line pump style. So it literally you take the pump out and there's like a mini camshaft that pushes up on line pump injectors. Sure. Versus the, the VE pumps have a swash plate, which is just like a wavy. Right. You know, it's it's a. And it runs so the, the Mercedes basically. are actually simpler uh, conceptually. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a mechanical computer that runs your engine. And like you said, it's something that the technology really didn't change that much from the turn of the century. So this is turn of the century technology perfected is what these Bosch injection pumps are in this for the engine that you're talking about yeah and it and perfected they perfected it back in the 50s not much has changed yeah. what did they simple. do before that could you ever carburate a diesel no okay because no. the fuel, the fuel wouldn't atomize that no. so no, every no, diesel no, has always been yeah. injected fuel yes okay yeah all right continue that's here. our history tell lesson. me about putting an engine in the back of a car yeah what, Abby, <laughs> why don't you tell us about that oh uh, well let's see i showed up wednesday I think it was Wednesday. I don't even remember now. Yeah, but Wednesday I week one. Yes, Wednesday. Wednesday. Well, week two for you. Week one for me. 
and I, I showed up. I don't think much happened on Wednesday. I think I just went to bed once I got there. But then Thursday, I picked up, uh, I got a rental car, um, as I usually do when I go to the racetrack. So I have one to myself. I hope this isn't actually, <laughs> I should just say it was under my name. Uh, it's not company property at all. You know, hopefully my boss doesn't end up watching this. But yeah, we, um, we, we picked up that motor at the German car service in Scottsdale. And we, uh, we, well, yeah, we brought that to Camp Faraday and that's when I met Bogart. And then, uh, I was going to help, I helped Brandon undress the motor that was in the Suburban. And then we were going to swap the second one in, but I, I, my pantsied out. I didn't stay out there too long. I was like, dude, I got to go back because I had to get up to go to the racetrack the next day. And I felt, I was a little worried about him because I'm like, where are you going to sleep out here? And this, I just met this desert man. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what, what's going to happen. He's like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. It'll be okay. So I left him out there <laughs> Thursday night after helping, getting offered medicine and turning it down. And then I, I headed back and got up to go to the racetrack on Friday. Then I pretty much didn't hear from him Friday, Saturday. I got like one video of it running and then he drove it back to his aunt and uncle's house and left. <laughs> so left presumably he was dead at this point in your mind. He goes, yeah, Bogart yeah. gave him well, some he, of his he medicine. Showed it running. So I was like, he'll get back or at least he'll get back halfway and get out of Bogart's place. <laughs> and then uh, I, I checked in on him on Saturday and he said he was all right. But then he sent me a picture of the suburban and I was like, is that shadows or is that oil? And he was like, definitely oil. And there was just black all over the side of the truck. Oh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what hold, happened? Hold on, we got to rewind. We got to yeah, rewind I, just a little bit. I saw bit. this. Yeah. So tell us about swap. Like, how did you swap the engine? This thing is just at, at the Desert Man place. <laughs> so the Desert Man yeah. said he had a working forklift. And I was like, I didn't believe it. Because you look around and you're like, nothing here works. <laughs> and then he had a running forklift. And I'm like, that's cool. So yeah, we just you know pulled the motor out. Put the new motor in, which actually the, the actual like swapping the engines and everything was pretty straightforward and simple. The bigger issue was the amount of shit that was hacked together and like super sketch on the original motor swap. <laughs> so when I pulled the original motor out, uh, you know, everything was wrong. Like nothing was even close to acceptable. So there was a lot of like things I fixed every step of the way on every single iteration of so i think that originally when the guy originally swapped the truck uh it did run at some point or he had like run it but i mean it was very hacked together so it was a process of pulling the motor fixing like a hundred little minor issues well you have to keep in mind when someone gets a project that far and it's dead there's a reason like there's, there's a reason that the project was walked away from. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think like when I realized like that first, like two days when I spent like $500 on just incidental bullshit at a rally, you go to a rally and you're like, I need fuel line. I need oil. Fluid. Yeah. I need it. And like, and then the bill's like 500. You're like, Jesus Christ. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and you look around and the people that you're hanging out with and you're like, yeah, I can see why this got given up on. Like, you know, it's not that far off, but it was that far off. So um, fix everything, get the motor in. And that all went pretty well. Um, the, the 
accommodations at Bogart's weren't great. No bathroom, uh, no running water, really. No, nothing that you would normally did, typically. Was this in his house or where did you stay? No, house. He, he didn't have a house. Trailer, there was okay. no house. There was, house. there was, it was a junkyard. He lived in an RV and his friend Jeff lived in a short bus <laughs> next to the suburban. That wow. was what this was. Oh, I forgot about was, that, dude. There was, yes, don't forget about Jeff. Yeah. But the. the so, Jeff, I, I think we're glossing over some details here that I yeah. just realized about putting the putting the engine so in the rental fi- car was kind of an ordeal, too. Yeah, let's see. What, he, what was the rental he, car I wanted to ask? Like, what vehicle were you putting this in? get an SUV. SUV. Okay. Yeah, no, that was good, but I only had two wheel drive. I got a Ford Edge, and it was, it was fine. I mean, we. Popped the back open and took the spare tire out and put the motor in there, but it we packed it in good. It was really good. We had a lot of cardboard, a lot of tie straps. It was fine. And the the guys at the German car service, who in fact were not German, they were Bulgarian, but they were uh, <laughs> they were concerned. They're like, "Oh, it's going to be too heavy. It's going to weigh it down." I was like, "There are supposed to be six American people that can fit in this van, fit in this vehicle. We can put an engine in here and two of us. It'll be fine." And driving the rental car to Camp Verde alone was already an adventure because we were off-roading and taking it, taking it down different oh, paths. Oh, that was great! No, there was a there was a major like a semi truck overturned on the north road north out of Phoenix to Camp Verde, so it detoured us onto this town like dirt like gravel road. But the funniest part was so we're in the Ford Edge rental, and there's like. Mercedes, Mercedes, BMW, like all these like luxury cars, and they're driving on this like <laughs> desert trail road, and they're going like five miles an hour. And I'm like, pass these motherfuckers! Yeah. like I'm fucking over yeah, this. We did, we yeah. passed them. <laughs> it was, we, we passed, passed them, them like but... Talladega Nights. It was fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. great. I mean, the whole thing was an adventure. You know, I mean, the whole way we got up there, we got the motor out. We got, you know, we got. I got the motor in. Abby's at the track. Uh Got it started, got it running, got it moving. Um, luckily, there was an off-road shop, Zook's Off-Road. They're like a Suzuki Samurai specialty shop. I love and, that. Yeah, they were cool. There was this uh, dude there that was building this, like, super overland rig. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to – he was like, had this Mexico trip planned. And I'm like, giving him some advice. He's like, Oh, you've been there. I was like, yeah, I've totally been there here. Listen you to know? this. Yeah, episode. Yeah. I was like, Hey, like here, I'm giving him some tips and he was cool. The dude that ran the place actually was from elk river. Okay. He moved uh, down. Yeah. He was like, Oh, you're from Minnesota. Oh, cool. And he was like, super nice, super helpful. All the guys down there. I didn't there hear were, this part. I didn't hear this. Yeah. Part you were of the working. Story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> I didn't hear from him. So got the truck running and like sorted through a hundred different issues to get it drivable. And when I left Bogart's at sunset on Saturday, so it's Saturday about 5.30 p.m., uh, I had no alternator, but I'm like, ah, I can make it. I don't even need a charging system. It's, it's you know, we fine. <laughs> so I left Bogart's. Did you have lights? You said it's dark out or sunset. Yeah, it's sunset. You don't need a charge. Yeah, I was like, I was like, worst case, I'll go off the highway and drive with no lights. It'll be fine. (laughs) No, I mean, it's fine. Don't worry about it. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. I go to O'Reilly's down the road from Bogart. It's like six miles. Bogart lives on the desert. It's like six miles into town. There's an O'Reilly's and I stop to like pick up wiring stuff to wire up the alternator. And there are these fucking crust punk train hopper kids 
that had blown out their all their radiator in their Tacoma, and they were like, "Oh, we don't know what we're doing." Da, da, da. I'm like, "I got tools. I'll help you guys." So I thought it's it's six o'clock. I'm like, "All right, I'll help these guys quick. I'll be on the road. I'll be back in Phoenix at nine. And I didn't leave the O'Reilly's parking lot till like eleven. <laughs> wow! Did you get them taken care of? Oh, I got them taken care of. They took care of me. They were fucking. Oh. They were boozing, fucking having yeah, like, the they made you pad ties. That- no, 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 fuck. They made me a, oh, made me a fuck. fuck. Yeah. We had a fucking parking lot party, fixing cars. Was they O'Reilly were- still open at this point? No. And they made, <laughs> dude, they made the biggest mess. They were like, you know, they have the big sign on the O'Reilly's building. It's like, don't work in it. Like, yeah. No yeah. repair yeah. work. And these kids, like, this dude's like, I got to change my oil. and just spilled oil fucking everywhere. Oh, my God. It was, a, but we were like. Everyone's drunk. We're shooting air rifles at beer cans in this parking lot. They're like fixing their car. It was fucking great. And it's like 11 o'clock. I'm like, all right, I got to Phoenix. So it's a two hour drive from Camp Verde to, to Phoenix. I leave at 11. I didn't get back to my aunt and uncle's until 6 a.m. <laughs> the night, the day of the NASCAR race. But wow. I was texting truck. him like, all right, guys, you got to go to the track. Like, you got to be there two hours early, man. This is a championship race. Like, you can't be late. You know, like, parking's going to be a nightmare. Like, where are you? I slept what? an hour okay, before why, the race. Why did it take you seven hours to go two hours? So I get driving and it's like, all right, it's going. It's going okay. You have and heat? I make No, no heat. What's Do you the have? Power ah, alternator yet. Yeah, I got an alternator hooked up. Okay. I'm driving from Camp Verde down to Phoenix on the back route. And what's the temperature outside? 45. Okay. So chilly, but not cold. T shirt weather. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was the first 20 to 30 miles were fine. Uh, and I actually stopped at a gas station I had stopped at on the pup trip. And I was like, kind of reminiscing. I'm filling up my five gallon tank. So right, five so, okay. gallon range. Yeah, we need to also say that what the fuel tank didn't work on this thing. I didn't know it was in the fuel tank, and it didn't look good. So there, you just said, "Screw that! Yeah, You're gonna run it like, off of just a plastic jerry." That was can. a big variable I didn't want to add in. The last thing I wanted to do is like suck old shitty gas water shit into the injection pump on this diesel and then you know have to swap injection pumps which the injection pumps driven by the timing chain so it's a major ordeal so i'm like all right let's take a variable out let's just run it off a five gallon can and we'll be fine so like this is sunday so i'm six seven days into the trip the truck's running i'm driving i'm on the road the truck's moving under its own power. I'm headed down from Camp Verde to Phoenix. It's like midnight. I just filled up. I ran my first full tank through it. I'm like, oh, everything's going to be fine. And then over the next hour, everything was not fine. First, I lost my clutch. Oh, so what I, transmission is this? SM456, the, the rock crusher. This is GM's four-speed heavy-duty. Like So every three-quarter ton, one ton, like one-and-a-half-ton truck. Made by Chevrolet from like the 60s through the 90s had the SM456. It's just a giant 300-pound cast iron fucking shithouse. It's you a know. cast iron oh, case? Oh, everything, yeah. Cast iron case, steel gears. It's like this big, but it's like weighs like 300 pounds. It's just Jesus. a solid tell block you of what, steel. It did sound like a rock crusher, too. It <laughs> the name nasty. is, yeah. It, dude, it's literally yeah. like the, the engine... The transmission's louder than the engine. That's saying something. Wow. It's fucking crazy. So I lose the clutch. So trying to shift that thing with no clutch is like, you're like, Abby, how is that thing to shift? 
I hated it. It was horrible. I hated it. I'll tell you what, I do know how to drive a straight line. The first thing I learned was on a deuce and a half. And I thought it must be like that. It must be at least close to that. No, horrible. (laughs) So you're trying to float and just grind through gears. Oh, I'm just grinding gears. And I'm going, and all of a so sudden, I, I'm curious. When you say you lose a clutch, I was thinking of the, slipping. The clutch line blew. Okay, the hydraulic, the hydraulic blew up. Okay, got it. So I have no clutch release. Yeah, so I clutch get it. is not slipping, but I can't release the clutch. Yep, I got it. So I'm starting in first, and it's just go, 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 and, then and you're off. shifting no clutch, and I'm going down the road, and after that tank, I'm like, oh, I got no clutch. I'm like a little worried now, and all of a sudden, I'm like, God, the windshield's getting blurry. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, it's getting harder. See, no wipers. I'm like, whatever. So I keep driving. And I'm just like, God, it's getting harder and harder to see. And I finally get to the <laughs> next gas station. I pull over. And there's just oil fucking everywhere. The whole <laughs> truck is covered in oil. I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's when I got the next picture. After I got- yeah. What yeah. time is this? Three, two, okay. two yep. three yep. in the morning. And what is what picture did you receive? What, what was this photo? I got, this was when I said it looked like shadows, but he told me it was oil. Like, I thought he was like, it was like under a tree or something, casting shadows on the side of the truck, but it was just oil blasted all over the place. I was like, oh, just no. black. Yeah, black. I was, yeah, I, I thought, he's probably not going to make the race. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kept going, and I'm like running out of Did oil. Did you top off oil? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I used up all the oil I had with me. The engine's running low on oil. I bought more oil. Where's it blowing it out of? Uh, the, the 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 crankcase out of the fucking valve cover. Okay, just, just fucking literally. You, you hit the gas and it would just fucking geyser. Like, We're rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then I'm like, so uh, rings. Oh, who knows? Everything broken, just, piston, bad rings, but worn out. Who God knows? All those things. So then I'm like on the side of the road. And I'm like, well, maybe the turbo is leaking oil too. So I undo the turbo on the side of the road. And here's the best part: the whole truck is covered in oil at this point. So I'm covered in head to toe oil. Oh, yeah. And the whole engine base, I'm like slipping, (laughs) dropping wrenches. And I pull the turbo off, which is hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's just, it's smoking. There's just just a giant. So I pull the turbo off and I just take the turbo off. I'm like, that'll help. Didn't help at all. Wait, so you're just running at NA? Yeah, I took the turbo off. I'm like 45 (laughs) minutes north of Phoenix. I take the turbo off. No clutch. And the thing has no power and no turbo. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like, and it's loud as fuck. Well, like, yeah, you're just straight. No muffler, no exhaust. It's just, just a off manifold, the manifold. No turbo. And it's like, I can't tell what's blowing more oil. The exhaust or the valve cover. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. How did you not get pulled over? Dude, fuck it. You should go to Phoenix. I watched a dude shoot heroin into his ankle at a gas station. They're not pulling <laughs> over for anything, dude. It was that fine. on this trip? You didn't tell me that. Yeah, you were busy. You were working, man. This oh, my goodness. Way too busy for no. heroin stories. <laughs> later, later, I told him, hey, you know, because we were potentially having more problems with the turbo that was in the, the next engine we put in, which we'll get to later. But I was like, hey, well, we could always put that turbo delete on you showed me and i didn't fully understand how it worked but it was a little hose on the side of the block and it, and it was clamped shut like it was just pinched i just shut. crimped off the oil feed oh yeah because yeah. it's a yeah. main oil yeah. galley so i just crimped it off and then just put it in the block blocked off the oil feed took the turbo off 
and just let the fucking exhaust just blow. Jesus. Now so, I, I mean, understand why you said that would be a last option. So <laughs> let's, let's not Yeah, you've that. driven a five-cylinder NA wagon. Yeah. This is a... I've driven an AAZ with no turbo, too. Yeah, this is a this is a Suburban <laughs> with no turbo. What's so, that thing weigh? Five... Six thousand, and you've wow. got maybe seventy horsepower. Yeah, sixty-five no horsepower. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, she's like, Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, dude, it's hilly down there. So I'm in second gear, just <laughs> going seven. Yeah. You're like, okay, we're still moving. It's better than walking, but it's not great. Wow. So I made it back to Phoenix. I'm like, this motor's fucked. I get an hour of sleep. We go to NASCAR. Where, where in Phoenix are you? Right, just outside of Like, downtown. I mean, where do you park this thing? Where are you staying? In my aunt's yard. My aunt's yard. <laughs> yard. It was so, right in the front yard. It was immediately Tell me about the, the shower <laughs> that you took when you got... Oh, my God. Dude, just Don dish soap. So, I'll tell you this much. So, this the whole highlight of this trip, We, me and Abby talked to this a bunch. You know, there's there's the different types of fun. There's type one and type two fun. Uh-huh. Yes. And, and type two fun is shit that's not fun while you're doing it, but it's fun afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And and it's that, like, rewarding shit. Dude, there's nothing. That, that shower, I was literally, I might as well have been a fucking roughneck working on an oil rig, just covered head to toe in fucking diesel oil. <laughs> I've got no sleep. I just spent the last two days swapping a motor in a junkyard with a fucking desert hippie. I haven't showered in four days. I slept in a fucking rat nest truck camper out in his fucking backyard. I'm just the grossest I've ever been. I'm exhausted. Wait, wait, wait. Did did you did you or did you not poo in Bogart's bucket? I didn't. Post, I want to know. No, I, I went to the gas station. I didn't fucking shit in Bogart's bucket. Bogart's bucket. Get back, my aunt and uncles. Would that have been a sharing thing? Does he also no. poo in yes. Bogart's bucket? Yeah, he has his bucket. Oh, but wow. that shower before NASCAR, I mean, it's like, that's the most glorious. Like, you're like, this is the best thing fucking ever. <laughs> and the, the dude. The, the shower is destroyed. Oh, have you ever taken a shower when you're actually dirty? Oh, yeah. And it's just streaming dirt off of you. <laughs> yeah. and it's just, there's this gray brown ooze under you. And then you go to wash your hair and you just wash it yeah. off. Oh, just, oh yeah. yeah. So I go to NASCAR and I was like super pumped. I was a little, you know, I was tired, but it was like, I got there and we're just like, oh, dude, this was so sick. NASCAR was sick. As, I mean, we had VIP fucking passes thanks to Abby. So that was yeah. sick. Brandon was an essential worker. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Nice. Yes. You could go anywhere. It was amazing. <laughs> what was the highlight of that? What did you, what, when you were there, what you saw, what was your takeaway? Oh, man. I mean, NASCAR, like the, 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 the tailgate scene is really probably where it's at. Like, if you want to, like, if you're going to go to NASCAR, you should go two or three days early and hit it with the, like, hardcore tailgate NASCAR fans. That's probably where, like, I mean, they're having fun. What's, they're, the, what's the Venn diagram with desert people? <laughs> is there a lot of overlap there? <laughs> I mean, there were some dudes. We were walking in, so we got there like an hour before the start, and there were dudes out in the fucking, out in the parking lot, tailgating, and they're like, "Just you, you can tell. Oh, you're not going to the race. You just came for the tailgate." So that's what the desert people. They just go for the tailgate, but yeah, I mean, it's a fucking fun time. It's a vibe. Like NASCAR is cool as fuck. It's it's super fun. Uh, 
the beers were cheap as fuck. We were paying $6 for a 24-ounce Bud Light. So you're like, they're like, yeah, we want you to get drunk and have a good time. We want you to have fun. And, you know, being able to go just like in the garages, in the pits. Literally, I was standing next to like the crew chief watching this team pit. You're like, this doesn't seem like it should be legal. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like you're breaking the law. That's very cool. So where's the truck at this point? Are you getting ready to come home or what's the? Truck's at Karen and Dave's. Okay. We're at NASCAR. It's Sunday. Sure. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. It's, Sunday. it's race day. After the race, uh, me, Aunt, Auntie Kay and Uncle Dave and Abby met for dinner, and we're all 100% zonked. We're dead. Um, so we all go home that night, and then Monday, Abby's on a week vacation. So Abby's I got a week off of work, and we have to be home the end of that week. So Monday, we meet at Karen and Dave's. Trucks in the driveway, motor's bad. No way that motor's making it home. Abby's got a week off. I've got a week off. We got to fix this truck and go home. That's where we're at. Okay. Were you defeated knowing that you had just swapped that motor in? No. That's bad now. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. He, he wasn't worried at all. He's like, we got one more. Let's do it. I didn't want the motor he gave me. I was like, that motor's fucked. I took one look at it, and I've put enough junkyard motors in to go, I know that's a fucking piece of shit. So what was, what like, was the flag that you, when you're looking at this? It thing? looked like it came out of the bottom of the ocean. We're in Phoenix. So Just you're like, scaly where did this and... come from? Scaly sitting out. It, but dude, this guy, his dad had run this junkyard since the seventies and like his dad died. But you know, you just kind of like, this is, is this crumbling yeah. empire. Like he's like, Oh, there's a motor. Like it's in a pile of sand. And yeah. like, you're like, Oh, this is not good. It's you're witnessing entropy. So I had scoped out other, he had three other motors, potential 603s. Why like, Why didn't you just say, no, I want one of those Because I had instead. to pull one of those. Okay, he, got this, it. This guy was like, when I met this guy, he's like, hey, here's the motor, I'll sell you, and fuck you. Got it. You know, he's like, this is your option. And uh, so after I get back with this bad motor, it's Monday, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I go to, me and Abby went over to Edison, we're like, yeah, the motor didn't work out. He's like, what do you mean? Were you like, look at the truck? <laughs> I said, no, I sent him a picture and he's like, okay, well, there's other motors. And he gave us the keys to his junkyard. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah, like, all no, right. He was sweet. So it That's turns from, I was there. That's why. That's why. That's why was, he gave was, it. was there, is this place like on Google? Uh, or is it just kind of like this place is defunct and all it's Merced- only like. All Mercedes wrecking in Phoenix. It's no longer like an official business. It's Edis's dad's junkyard and edis owns the land dude he has a pagoda sitting in the back corner he's like do you know how many dms i'm gonna get now because yes yeah, there's a pagoda and there's a fucking uh what's that the the, the suicide door car is like a 36 mercedes 140 Jeez. it's wow. a 1.4 liter diesel mercedes sedan and it's just sitting there there's probably a dozen like 560 S. I mean, dude, it's insane. There's so many 190s. He's looking it up. <laughs> There's so many 190s in there. Just right like, whatever. He has five Cosworth 190s in that junkyard. Just sitting there. Just sitting there. Just just rotting. Then you go over to his... Well, not rotting, but just atrophying. Then you, you go know? over to his yeah. uncle's shop, and there's a pagoda there that runs. And then another one shows up when I was there. I was, like, working on my project, and there's one nerdy there. And then another one comes in on a tow truck. Like, how many pagodas are there? 
like out there. Right. <laughs> and he has one in a junkyard and two at his uncle's shop. And they're like, dude, one ninety cosmos. They're like, whatever. We got fucking those, those are garbage. These people like. What about uh, the W 115 This will get zillions of those. I uh, dude, you like it's insane. You go there and like the, the garbage level there. Dude, uh, the the most commented thing I got on uh, Instagram is like in the area we worked in the suburban, there was a BBS RS just like on a pile of shit. <laughs> There's like a one RS just like sitting on like a pile of scrap. People are like, does that guy know yet? I go, that guy's got a pagoda sitting in a fucking sand mound. Like he doesn't give a fuck about an RS. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, desert people. Got it. Yeah, okay. yep. desert yep. people. Okay, yeah. so you're trying to get this. You got the keys to the junkyard. We got the keys to the junkyard. So are you with are you with Abby right now? You're yep. like in yes, for the yard. Yes, at this point I'm, I'm you're on in, vacation. You're in. I'm checked out. Where I'm in, I'm in all in on the suburban trash. Yeah, she Just, dropped out. For the record, the All Mercedes Wrecking Yard on Google has six reviews. <laughs> One is a five star. The rest are terrible. <laughs> that says something. Dennis doesn't I mean, give a fuck about your review. But yeah, but one guy like gets him. The other junkyard <laughs> guy gets him. You know, it did live up. up to its name. You know, it was all Mercedes stuff. And Priuses. You know? There was yes, five and Priuses, Priuses there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was a bummer. I didn't have a chance. We, we got so zonked for time. Like three doors down from his yard, there was a guy that had a Merce, uh, Volkswagen wrecking yard. And he's like, yeah, the first time I went there, it was just 23 window buses, 21 window buses, <laughs> split window beetles. And he's like, I watched the guy just fucking like crush. Twenty wow. buses, and you're oh, like, oh no. great, yeah. Circa when? Ah, uh, well, it had Edis, been like twenty years ago. Or Edis was forties. Yeah, it was like the late, early nineties, late eighties. Yeah, he's yeah. like a yeah, lot of those was, got crushed then. Oh yeah, yeah. Just crazy. nobody want them because they're terrible vehicles. So we generally. get the keys to the junkyard, and me and Abby pull another motor, and we, dude, how fat Abby? How long did it take us to put that the third motor in? It took a while, but that's because we kind of changed course because you had two motors that you were looking at. One of them was in a car. No, they were both in cars. One of them was wrecked pretty bad, so we decided not to do that one. And then the other one was, like, way in the back of the junkyard, so we had to move some stuff out of the way. I think it took us, I don't know, I want to say it took us probably three hours to pull it out of that car and then bring it over to the Suburban. What are you using, like a big cherry picker, like a the crane? Forklift. Like forklift. a, like a, a forklift a 15K, too, yeah. like a big motherfucker. Okay. Dude, the See, car... we were lucky with the forklift situation, that definitely. Yeah. And even Bogart, you know, as as uh, even though that guy's pooing in a bucket, he's still got an <laughs> engine hoist, you know, like <laughs> these people still have resources for us to use. Do you remember turning yeah. that good. engine hoist together for no reason? That's true. We did not need that. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Both point. So, dude, I will say, no, the engine that brought us home was in a SDL that was like, there were four cars stacked on top of the car we pulled the motor out of. This guy's whole yard had like every car. There was the really nice cars didn't have cars stacked on them. Everything else had like three, four, five cars stacked high. So we had to unstack a bunch of cars Pull this SDL out. So you're just like ramming the forklift through the doors or what? No, no. Under, <laughs> you're, nice, you're doing a nice yeah, job. Yeah, okay. we're not, he, told, he, he goes, I go, he gives me the keys to the junkyard. I'm like, can I use the forklift? He's like, don't hit anything. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we unstack all these cars. We pull this motor out. We get it started. We put it in the Suburban. And now it's like Wednesday. I want to leave on Monday. Now it's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah it and, took a while. And we're cramming. And that... Do you remember how dirty we were? 
We were super nerdy. Oh my goodness. And See, I, that I, I had the same nice experience list. as well. Yeah. No, we were. It was. Well, the pictures nasty, you guys but... sent me. You look like you're freezing. You're looking like oh, you're just no, yeah. In the desert, it wasn't bad. Like you when were we were in the junkyard. Oh yeah, no, Camp Verde was cold. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was cold as fucking Camp Verde. Phoenix was fine weather-wise. But yeah, so it's like Wednesday night, and we're there's nothing left in the tank, and I'm like, we have to leave tomorrow. Like we have to leave because otherwise, we don't leave Thursday. Like it's gonna ruin the whole rest of the trip, right? Like it's just. No time, no, you know. Because it's, it's, like, it's going to take you three, four days to get home. Like, yeah, yeah. You need at least three still, days. You still wanted to see things, too, and take yeah, your time. Yeah. We weren't taking yeah. a freeway direct route. Like, right. I, no matter <laughs> what. My plan was, no matter when we left, my plan was, from the time we left Phoenix, I was going to take the route I wanted, and when we ran out of time, we'd fly home. Because I was like, I didn't want to sacrifice... There's no way it was going to go through that much work to get this thing on the road and then just drive freeways to get to Minnesota. It's like, fuck that. If we got to fly out of Albuquerque, we're going to go from Phoenix to Albuquerque in the coolest way possible and like really get a payoff of all this work we put into getting this truck running. So if, if that was the plan, what do you do with the truck? Do you come back for it? Do you leave it? Yeah. It doesn't matter at that out. point. We would have figured it out. <laughs> Yeah, Brandon told me, he's like, I probably ruined every other road trip you're going to take because normally people are like, oh, yeah, Route 66, let's go. And mm-hmm. that might have been cool in the 50s when people started to use maps to get places and whatnot. But definitely going off-road is the way to go. I mean, we're not trying to do – we're not A to B people here. You know, we're trying to see the sights. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that was the thing. So we we left Thursday, and we weren't – you know, I wanted to get the fuel tank set up. I mean, there was – I want to put the hood back on. Like there was a lot of things. So you know, I had the sending list of right. Like, I saw this written on the side of the car in glass. Yeah, on the glass. yeah. So like the first thing you're like, these are the mission critical, like the, the the shortest path to driving this vehicle. And then from once the vehicle's driving, then you work down the list of like, oh, these are like niceties and luxuries. You know, you're and, in the you're in the ideal environment to do this. Like anything, like if you're missing something, I mean, it's there, right? I mean, it, it's the cars are there in Edis's place. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the funniest moment of the whole trip period. Like, even though I met a guy that had every OM 603 in Phoenix and had every Mercedes part and I could go into that like whole deal. Dude, this guy, uh, Frank, the uncle, You'd be like, you, you have a valve cover gasket? And he would just like disappear and then come out with an OEM Mercedes <laughs> gasket. But like hard stop, the funniest part of the whole trip is right down the street from my aunt's, walking distance from my aunt's is this place called Loper's Performance. Oh, yeah. This, this place like, is sweet. This guy was an old school drag racer. He's owned this speed shop since like the 50s, whatever, in Phoenix. And... We blow up the clutch line. I pull the clutch line and it rubbed through on the bell housing. And I go to Lopers and we have this clutch line. And I like, we walk in and I go up and I go, hey man, uh, I need a 18 inch long dash three AM hydraulic line. And the counter guy was like, yep. And he, no, no shit. Literally like turns. Reaches down and pulls one. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not kidding. Like, it was right there. He was like, yeah, I got one of them. <laughs> like, it was amazing. So, yeah, I mean, 
we met all the right people that had everything we needed. And then it's Thursday and the question stop. That always seems to happen for you. <laughs> but I don't think it's because you're just lucky. I think it's because no. I think it, it's there's because he talks to strangers exactly. and meets desert people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you have to be open to you have to be open to the world giving you that. If you're not open to receiving what the world will give you because you're too closed off from it, you're never going to get it, and you're going to be bitter and sour because you didn't. But the reality is if you're not open to it, it's never going to be there. Yeah, yeah man. I think I've given myself some credit for this too because I usually have strangers talk to me on a daily basis, like on the bus or on the, in the park or whatever. People just like to tell me their life story. So I think it was a very good combination of Brandon just being talking to random people as he does. And then people just like wanting to tell me that there were real names, Terrell Devante Witt and all this <laughs> other stuff, you know? So yeah, Lopers was Johnny Lopers. Shout out to him. That was a great place. It was. I, I think the, the, the place that I operate from is realizing when I've like pursued enough really like niche weird things in my life, and you meet these hoarder, psycho, weirdo, interesting character people. And then you go, all right, we're in Phoenix. It's like a population of like a million people in like the metro area. There's a guy that's, there's definitely a Mercedes diesel hoarder. There's definitely like, so you know, you're like, there's one guy that has every answer to the questions I have. And yep. I just need to find that guy. And if I ask enough people, I'm going to fucking find that guy. Right. Just like I left my aunt's house and I walked around the neighborhoods and I happened to find a guy that had six Vanagons and a 911 in his backyard. And you go like, how long would it take you to find if you like went like left right here where we are right now? And you go find a 911. Like how long is it going to take you to find that? And you're like, you know, it's out there. You know, somebody has like it's, it's I know there. a place and I've, I've showed you pictures. Oh, I know yeah. of a place that's 20 minutes from here. It's 20 minutes. From here. It's 20 minutes from here. And the guy has semi-trailers full of 911 engines, 914s, 356s, I've been there. Porsches. Is it really 20 minutes? <laughs> I've been there. It's 20 minutes away. I'm going to find it. The dude has RSR engines in shipping containers. I bet. The guy has I've seen everything. Pictures. Yeah. It, 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 so I'm just confirming you, know you are correct. You know people are out there, and you just have to find them. And you know if you ask enough people, you dig, you flip enough stones over somebody's going to give you Edis's name and Edis has everything you need. And <laughs> so generally someone like Edis is, does he want to talk to you? No. Right. Okay. See, the whole time he's literally like, he's like, Wait, what the fuck do you want? He's like, don't give me your number. Don't tell anyone about so, my place. So how do you get from that to literally being handed the keys to the shack? That's, that was what I was going to get at. How do you get to the keys to the junkyard? I showed up. That's what happened. <laughs> you need Abby. Well, you're much better looking than he is. So that might be That's true. That's helpful, but uh, you know, it's like anything else in life. You guys there's are a great way team. To, there's a way to unlock everything in life. You know, it's the same way as like I got my new job, where you just like know all these people, and like when you know all these people, it's like text message, phone call, done. Like you just you you just you develop this rapport, and like for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I talked to Edis, and I, you know, first he's, like, very standoffish, and he's like, ah, fuck you, like, you're another, you know, whatever, and then, but you just say the right things, and you have the right quips, and... I think you're, as long as you're very, you seem, like, you're a very genuine person. Yeah. You don't pretend to be someone that you are not. You're not trying to, 
you don't have like a trench coat on that you're going to pull like a briefcase out of, you know, and be like, hey, I'd like to buy all the cars here. <laughs> yeah. What is it going to take? You, you know, also, like, just present your, 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 you go, here's the predicament I'm in. And then they go, why are you in this predicament? You go, ah, because I do dumb things and I, you know, I, I like, you just tell them the truth. And then they're like, wow, you're retarded. Why should I help you? Like, because you made these like series of bad decisions. And then you're like, you should help me because it'll be an interesting story. Yeah. Like, you know, people, people like having a little piece of that adventure too. They sense yeah, it. Yeah, that's they, what I was going to say. They I sense mean, it, I think they can that, feel it. I think that he also felt bad for us because he. <laughs> I mean, he didn't mean to give us a bad motor to start with, but I think given the, having the motor blow up and then being like, all right, I guess you can go over here. Like knowing that we, I think it was a testament to our, our commitment to that. We made it, we drove the suburban straight to his shop and yeah, we we're like, take it over this there. motor doesn't work. Help us. You know, <laughs> full <laughs> so of oil. It was like, you know, it's, it was like right there and he got to see it and stuff too. So he knew we weren't just playing around. The best part, I, we took it over there first with the bad motor and then went to his junkyard, swapped another motor. And then I came back again and they go, yeah. this one has bad injectors. And he's like, all right. And he lands me the injector socket and like watches me switch <laughs> injectors, checks the timing again. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, is this it? Like, are we done? <laughs> but then it was really funny because afterwards, he 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 actually lived pretty close to my aunt. And after it was all said and done, he stopped by one last time to my aunt's and he comes over and has a beer and like sits there. He's like, leaving tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, we're leaving tomorrow. He's like, well, best of luck. And he texted me like multiple times since then. And he huh. like texted me just like a few days ago. And he's like, glad it all worked out, you know? Yeah. So. All these people that are like standoffish and grumpy and angry. I think they're just grumpy and angry because all these people are always bothering them because they want what they have. But it's like, a honey hole. Yeah, they, they just, just want to stick yeah, their hand like, in. Ah, I can fucking eBay your parts and make money yeah. off of you. And he's like, No, that's not what it's about. Like me and him really connected. And like it was another interesting uh, side. He has this really crazy like '60s SL there that has this wildly modified motor in it. And it's actually done by a guy in Wisconsin that uh, he's like an SL 600 expert, Black Forest. I can't remember his exact company. He's like in nowhere, Wisconsin. He's like one of the world's, he's like the Aaron Hats of SL 600. Mm -hmm. Can't call him, doesn't have a number, you know, whatever. And uh, I just, I, he told me where this car came from. I'm like, oh, I know who did that one. He's like, oh, you know that. Like, so you have these connections where you have to be into this like really obscure shit. And, like, when you're into, like, the most obscure things possible, you know, there's, like, seven dudes in the United States, and then you happen <laughs> to know all seven of them yeah. by name because you're yeah. like, yeah, there's only seven of them. I know seven people, you know. The, uh, the <laughs> Being taken advantage of is one of the things that these type of guys are the most afraid of. You know, I posted a picture of one of the cars that was at this place that I'm talking about. Is like yeah. a, it's a short wheelbase 912 Bahama Yellow. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and it's... It's rusty. It's in it's in the dirt, right? Yeah. And I posted a picture of it on Instagram. Yeah. And the amount of people that I had that DM'd me wanting that car so that they could flip the car mm. yeah. was out of control. And I deleted it. And then I actually had someone that I'm no longer friends with now because I would not give him that guy's contact info. And I would not give him... Uh, we actually did a podcast episode about this entire topic of of guys that have their stuff. Right. We did, yeah. oh, we did yeah. an episode about, you know, how the stuff is, is representational of of time and talent that they've had. So the stuff isn't just stuff. 
Hoarders it's, don't hoard for no reason. It's it's a representation of who they are. And I'm so not if, saying this guy's a hoarder or these people are. No, but the, the things that they have sometimes are representations of who they are. They they right. see themselves in their stuff. But anyway, so I lost a, a well, obviously he never was a friend if he did this, but he basically blocked me on Instagram, blocked me on Facebook because I wouldn't give him this guy's number. And it's these types of people that make these types of people grumpy because they're just, they're in it for the flip. They're in it. They've seen too many American picker shows and mm -hmm. they've seen too many things where, you know, they're trying to, you know, wheel something around and make a bunch of cash. And whenever I've approached situations like this, I haven't been in your situation, but anytime it's like, I'm like, look, man, I'm not, I'm not trying to flip this. I just want to experience this. I sell everything. I do. I sell yeah. everything. Yeah. But for me, the goal is I want to I want to experience that thing. Like I want to I want to have that experience. And once I've had that experience, I can move on. Like I wouldn't have that experience with that diesel wagon, that 300 TD. I've or I've always a it DT. Was just as bad as his first Mercedes diesel experience. Yeah, <laughs> my my first Mercedes diesel experience was a blowjob. So that is false. That is, a, that is absolutely false. That was an that, that is what probably why I love Mercedes to this day. But I'm just saying. Once I've, I always wanted to own a W123 wagon. I flew out there. I got it. I drove it around Idaho. I brought it home and I was done. It was out of my system. You know, I had already experienced it. I wasn't trying to flip At it or anything. 58 miles an hour. <laughs> that thing did, that thing did 90. That thing ran. It took a while to get there. It did. It did. It, anyway, I'm just saying I, that's generally these people don't like communicating people because they're just having, imagine the amount of guys that dude has had to turn away. That were yeah, just flippers. Well, and, and it's just and it's just bullshit and people that don't even know and whatever, you know, and it's like real recognizes real and, and when you're the genuine thing, when you're the anchor banker, you just you, you don't even really need to say anything and like they just get it. And it's like, look at me. This is what I look like all the time. You know, <laughs> when you like show up and you're like disheveled, covered in grease, like boots, you know, fucking red cap pants, and it's like, oh hey, like, like, so I don't know where this guy came what's from. What's the Minnesota version of desert people? Is that what you are? No, oh, no. I don't know if there are any Minnesota, but I would say there are definitely some in the UP. Yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, okay. oh, yeah. The UP Upers. is full of those people. <laughs> that is, that is oh, the yeah. desert north. There's got to be some in the Iron Range. Uh, you know, north of 95. You ever hear that saying? Mm -mm. Yeah, north of 95. That's desert Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, I would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> We should go drive around up there. It's just, great, dude. Yeah. It's great. I could take you some cool places. Like, you go up to... Uh, Namaji, one of the great dirt biking spots in Minnesota. There's a fucking 65 Mustang that I drive by every time I go to where I park at Namaji. Just sitting there and there's like 90 other cars, you know. Yeah, yeah. just there. That's like uh, <laughs> my buddy that has the pot farm in the UP. His uh, his neighbor's Cocaine Kurt. Cocaine Kurt has 19 <laughs> uh, straight axle uh, Toyota trucks in his yard. And he has newspaper over all his windows in his house and you're like oh well you're not you're not going up to that guy's house and knocking on the door and be like can i buy your 83 yeah. toyota yeah. <laughs> no 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 those people are everywhere man yeah for sure for sure okay so you got yeah. you, you showed back up at the, oh sorry abby go ahead no no i was just gonna say people are really that's one thing that's interesting about the up is that people are very protective of selling their things there i mean it's not quite like a border but They'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll sell you this thing or whatever. You know, you'll, you'll be ready to go over there with, with the money, ready to go there with the money, with the cash. You go there and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to keep it. You know, you're like, what is the deal here? And if they if they don't think that you have good intentions with the thing that you're using from them, whether that's a house or a tractor or anything, if they don't think that you're going to take good care of it, they'll keep it. 
They yeah. don't care. They don't it's, care how long it takes. It's strange. Like you, you think it's like some sort of materialism, but it's the opposite. They don't, yeah. need, they don't need to sell it. They don't need the money. They don't really want anything else. They have what they have. They have like what they have and they're not trying, they don't, they don't need the money. So what if you give them the money to get the thing, they don't have anything to do with the money. So they'd rather just have the thing because they don't want anything, <laughs> any other things. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, it's just deny. It's, it, it's also like, I think if you have like no power in the world, the one thing you do have power over is fuck you. You can't have my yeah. shit that's yeah. rotting away. Yeah. Like, fuck you. And, and that's where this whole start. trip started from is fuck you. So I mean, it's like you meet a bunch of fuck you people and they're fun people. Being able to say fuck you is great in life. Anytime you get the opportunity to do that, yeah. it's, it's great. It's a great feeling. You're like, no, fuck you. Yeah, like, it, it is. It well, is. Maybe it's a, I it's need a to do this more often. <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah. So Abby, the car, the, the, the Suburban is now running. It's ready to go. Is the adventure over or is there more adventure during the actual driving, exploring? Oh, no, for sure. There was more. There was adventure during the driving. I mean, I, the rental car set a high bar, to be honest. I mean, that we were we were going <laughs> through mud and stuff. We had a whole train of people behind us. There were two guys with horse trailers that were following us. But no, no, definitely the driving was uh, was great and beautiful, beautiful landscapes, too. So. That was when I came in more with the repairs. I mean, the engine swap in Edis's junkyard was was very hands on, but on the the on side road was a lot of Abby go do this, Abby go put that heater hose back on. I'm like, all right, all right, now it's my turn. I get to jump in on this. That's just because you didn't like filming. Is you were you weren't as you weren't as into the filming thing, and also. It's like no, I don't. I just, I like enjoying the thing, you know, so I forget to take pictures or whatever, or I'll take pictures of the mountain or something. I mean, I don't have any social media. So he kept saying that he was posting pictures of me or videos of me or something. And I, I didn't, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what people are saying. And he's like, oh, people are seeing that you're working on this car and you're doing all the repair. I was like, well, damn it, I am. Look, I'm over here. No, I'm yeah, kidding, it was I'm great. Kidding. I get plenty. Yeah, oh. trust me, I get my fill of fixing cars in. So <laughs> for me to sit back, watch Abby work on shit, film her, and, you know, it's a better subject matter anyways. So it was great for me and it was nice. I was having a lot of fun. Like we had a a reasonable amount of problems on the road. And a lot of self-inflicted ones as far as like, you know, we could have taken pretty easy routes, but then we were like, fuck it. You know, I'm like, I'm not, I was like, from the time we left Phoenix, I'm like, I'm not willing to compromise in my route at all until we get to Colorado. And so as things kind of progressed, we're like, Abby was originally going to drive all the way back to Minnesota with me. And I was like, fuck that. Switch your flight to Denver. So let's, so then we can compress the coolness of the trip from Phoenix to Denver, which is like a very manageable uh, distance. You know, it's like 600 miles. And then from there, it was like, as soon as Abby switched her flight, I'm like, all right, we're doing the most extreme, like the craziest shit we can possibly do from Phoenix to Denver the whole time. And that that culminated in trying to go over 10 cup pass, which didn't work. But yeah, I mean, we, why didn't it work? Sad. That was that was crazy, man. I mean, we probably I didn't add it up. I told you I was gonna add it up, but I would I would conservatively estimate that we were on at least two hundred miles of gravel from Phoenix to Denver. Not even gravel always. That that do we went through this Dirt, Indian reservation? Yeah, it was a sand whatever. road. Yes. What, what no, kind of tires good. do you have? All wheel drive four wheel drive? Like they were like oh, no. van oh, tires. No. They were like the typical <laughs> like uh you know like 
Super high mileage. Fucking high mile road tires. Yep. We had four wheel drive and the four wheel drive works. So that was cool. But yeah, I mean, so we took like all these gravel routes out of North Arizona into Utah, into Colorado. And then we went through the Escalantes, which was super cool. The Escalantes are very cool. So that's like a lower elevation mountain range west of like the main Rocky mountain range in Colorado. Um, Escalantes were cool. And then we went into uh, Gunnison and Taylor Park, which is somewhere I've been. I've been dirt biking there twice. Uh, Taylor Park is like 13, 14,000 feet peaks. Uh, I think Tin Cup Pass is like 13,000 roughly. And it's not the right time of year to try it. I mean, they had just gotten their first snowfall. So there's only like six to 12 inches of snow. But this is like, I looked on one of like the like, you know, off road planet. Fucking like, you know, yeah. overland adventure and they rated tin cup at like eighteen inches of ground clearance, like need a modified Jeep with lockers in the summer. Wow. Okay. And are, like, are those dudes kinda like Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. gotta be exaggerated. They were they were like the dudes that we saw on the trail. I don't know, I think that was in Escalante, I can't remember now, but we passed these guys because ran and saw oh, the road hunters? that you wanted to go on. <laughs> yeah. There was these two hunters there and they we passed them and they said we stopped by and they're like, oh, you're going to need chains to go over that place. And we're looking at the ground like there's not even an inch of snow. I was like, these guys haven't been ice fishing. They don't know what hard is, you know. <laughs> so we went we went over. We made it all the way through. I think that was an Escalante. Yeah, that was but Escalante. It was like, so then when we got to Tin Cup, I was like, we're going to be fine. And we ran into some guys and they're like, oh, no, you're not going to make it. Like we couldn't make it. And then we ran into another guy. He was like a. I don't know what they were. They were like some kind of electrical service company. I'm not sure if they spoke English, but Brandon just rolls up. We stop next to them. And he's like, hey, Tin Cup Pass? And the guy's just like. Yeah, he didn't even say anything. He just, <laughs> uh, he just smiled. He just smiled and nodded. He was in like a brand new F-350. And I was like, oh, I think we can make it over this. Like, And I'd been over. I've gone over Tin Cup Pass on a dual sport when I was in Taylor Park six years ago so i kind of knew what it was like you know um and in the summer it's you know any stock four-wheel drive like toyota forerunner tacoma wrangler any like suv truck can make it over tin cup pass in the summer no problem sure uh but there was like six inches to a foot of snow and so we got almost up to Mirror Lake, which is just shy of the pass, probably 11, 12,000 feet. And we were making progress, but, you know, it was rough going. We were first, second gear, and then we overheated the truck, and we had to stop, and we installed fans. <laughs> and the sun was setting, which was also like... Yeah, that's when that's when I started getting nervous. That's when I started getting mad because I was like, "Look, man, I came Boy Scout prepared to this. I brought a sleeping bag, I brought rain gear, I brought some snow pants. You know, if we got to, then we got to snuggle in the sleeping bag and stay warm." But I was like, "I am not ready to do a fifteen mile hike. No, it was six miles. Six miles either way out of this mountain. So I'm like, I'm like, this is. I didn't come prepared for that." I was not prepared for that part of it. Yeah, six-mile hike at 12,000 feet up to 13,000 or, like, actually more like 15 miles back to where you'd actually, like, meet people on the other way. So 
Yeah, I mean, you're in, in the dark. In, in the <laughs> dark, in Colorado, in the mountains, at, like, end of fall. So, like, that's the other scary thing. When you're at that time of year when, like, the snow is just starting to fall, you're going to run into desperate animals, you know? And, like, yeah, it's a sketchy time. Like, you know, I mean, there was just getting snow. So, we ended up turning back, and that was brutal because by the time we turned What was around, that conversation like? Abby, did you have to force him to come back? She was egging me on. Well, I was at first. I was like, dude, those guys think we can't get over without without chains. We're doing, you know, and then we're making our way up. And there was one particular part where we come up to this really deep part of snow. And he's, he goes up. Don't make it back up. Go up. Like keep going back and forth, like plowing down this spot. And I think we could have kept going. But what I didn't realize until after we were done attempting that was that we would have saved almost like three or four hours of driving if we had made it over. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they were like that was brutal. And I don't know, standing there installing the fans, I was telling them like that, that I wasn't prepared to go on a expedition and create another episode of survivor out there and he's like yeah yeah well we'll see we'll see so now i understand why you're so determined to get over that but i was also thinking like it would be quite an accomplishment we've come this far we gotta try it i kind of ran into the same thing with the wagon we got yeah. deep into Idaho. We got deep into Idaho in that Mercedes wagon up in the mountains. Yeah, I see you get stuck. And then the snow, we started to get snow. And there was a couple spots where I could back up and I could blast through it. And then there'd be gravel on the other side. And I did that like two or three times. And it like started getting deeper and deeper. And I eventually just absolutely beached the car. I beached <laughs> yeah. it. And, oh, jeez. Uh, we had to use a huge log and like put it underneath the bumper and like use that as leverage to push the car off the snow. And I ended up using uh, like the tray that goes in a toolbox as like a shovel to like dig the car out so that we could get it going. And then eventually some dude came up and pulled us out. And then we just kept going (laughs) because we made it that far. So then we're like, okay, let's keep going. Because it was literally like you go over the pass and we're where we need to be. Or we can go all the way back, which cost us like, Another six hours. We were six hours in the yeah. forest. Yeah, it cost point. us four yeah. hours. So, like, we just were like, well, let's just try it and see what happens. The worst thing that happens, I have to dig it out with this tray, and we just figure it out. So, see, the thing that scared me was the worst thing that happens. The Tin Cup Pass Road is very narrow and windy, and it's not like a well established gravel road. It's like a trail. And even when we turned around and we're going down, there were hairy moments descending. So it wasn't so much an issue of like traction. It was an issue of like, we get into a bad traction spot and then we slide off the road. We don't have a winch. We don't have a come along. We have like one 500 pound ratchet strap. So like, there's no chance of like, if anything went wrong, we got off the trail. Cause there were a, a couple moments descending down back into tin cup. Where hey, mean, hey, was, hey, 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 oh no, 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 yeah, no, no, busy hands, busy hands. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was sketchy and it was, it was just a bad, you know, and then Abby had to be, so that's Saturday at 5 yeah, p.m. <laughs> and Abby had to be at Denver International at 9 a.m. Sunday. So wow. yeah, we were cutting it close. That was for sure. But we got, so we yes. ended up, we turned around, we went back and like, yeah. Four hours later, we're in Buena Vista, and I was like, if we had gotten over Tin Cup, we would have been here four hours ago. You know, that's I was brutal. like, dude, I had a shovel. We could have kept going. We should have done it. You know, how come we didn't get a come along yeah. at like the O'Reilly or something, or like Fleet Farm, or just 
I don't know, fuck, dude, dude, dude. The you gotta understand, <laughs> we were running off of a five gallon gas can. Like <laughs> by the time we left, I mean it was like it was like we have to leave today, no matter what, no matter where things are at. I mean, it was not. There was, you know, I thought we were where we were Thursday is where we would have been like Saturday the week before. You know, I mean, it was just we were down to the wire and you're just going. I mean, we just sent it with what we had. So clearly you made it to the airport. Um, Abby, have you ever yes. done anything like this before? Like a trip like I this? have, you know, I have not um, that long of a trip, but I have done a few gambler 500s with a couple of friends. I don't know if sure. you guys heard of that yep. before, but yeah, okay. Yeah, the, those were pretty gnarly, but they were, you know, it's like a sanctioned event. They know you're out in the woods, and, like, we had a winch on our, we had a, a Chevy Astro too. van that we swapped to four-wheel drive, and we had a winch on the front of it. So it was, like, pretty capable vehicle, and we lifted that, too. So it's already, it already running, like, you got months to prepare. It's not like you're just on the road throwing it together. But, yeah, no, we've been, I've been stuck before, but that was, see, I told him, I was like, this would be a good place to leave it, you know? Then nobody can say that we didn't send it. If you just leave this thing on here, we tried to get over Tin Cup, couldn't make it, walk six miles back, let's go. But Brandon said that his wife would be quite upset if he didn't bring this vehicle home. Yeah, the, so, that was definitely an issue. <laughs> <laughs> the financial aspect of this trip, uh, I went double budget on what I budgeted for this trip. So yeah, that suburban was much more than I expected it to be, but I suppose those kind of things are pretty rare. Well, it's just everything when you when you're on the road, like you realize so much of why your projects and your plans don't get done is because you you're pulling back financially way before you're pulling back in any other way. Yep. So when you give yourself no option, and you're like, and my wife was like watching my spending, she's like, "Do you do you know how much money you spent?" I go, "What do you want me to do?" I like, all right, buy me a plane ticket. I'll just fly home right now. And just, just leave. Just, just sink all this money right here, yeah. you know? So you keep spending and spending. It's like, it adds up quick, you know? And it's like, oh, go to, you know, O'Reilly's. Get We need this shit. We, go, yep, you know, yep, we yep, were yep, just yep, running. Yep. This is money, 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 money everywhere. So, but I kind of knew that. And it was like, whatever. You're just, you know, you're in it. You know, that was the big thing. This one was really uh, just a level of commitment and like being in it. And you're like, I was I was just not willing to give up no matter what the entire time. That was really what it came down to to me is like you're like there's no quit. So this is something where you know I've now that we've talked on the podcast a few times we've said you've done this, you've done this, you've done, you know, and then you did the pop thing and now you've done this. Now what? Because <laughs> I got I already have that answer. I know he it's He already next. has a plan, yeah. <laughs> what is it? What's what's the plan? Is it a secret? June June twenty twenty three. We're gonna be at the Idaho City one hundred. Hopefully, well, for what, sure. What is that? I don't know. What uh, that is. It's a legendary dirt bike race. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Nate's qualifying for the ISD for twenty twenty three, which is gonna be in Argentina. Nate so, Fredder, we had Nate Fredder. Yep. yep. We had him so, on the podcast. Uh, Idaho City one hundred is allegedly gonna be a, a ISD qualifier for twenty twenty three. I will be there racing. Nate will be there racing. Hopefully fucking Jay Byrne and Jay Blaze are going to be there racing. And uh, we're going to do another trip June 2023. So find something in Idaho and figure it out. Oh, you're going to see. I got a whole plan. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. When are we doing it? When are we going on the trip? 
I don't know. Well, you gotta, we got to plan around all this. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Why don't you get your fucking trooper running? I Why don't know. we have a fucking overland off? An overland <laughs> off? There we go. There we go. Oh, man. Are, you, are you in, Abby? Are you in for the overland off? It depends if there's a NASCAR race that weekend. Okay. <laughs> Abby already said she's down to do another race so, or another oh, yeah. another trip. Well, I think no, that sounds I would awesome. Be. I would, we were making plans already. I said, if you got to leave this thing here, we're coming back and LS swapping this. And then we're going <laughs> to drive wherever we want to go. All right. Never, Brandon. Never quit. Never quit. Never quit. Never quit. I love it, man. This is a great story yeah, again. Thanks, man. thanks for, uh, Abby, thanks for hey, coming I and hanging out with us. us. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right there. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate you guys hanging out with it's, us today. It's always a trip, Brandon, and I love having Abby on as well to corroborate this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. It is Thank good. You. It is good because some of the things just get to be too much, and it's nice to have somebody. You know, and it's like you got to believe Abby. She's very believable. <laughs> yeah, I told. That's how I like it is. I yeah, I can't it. wait to see the movie. It's going to be great. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, be cool. I can't wait to look through the footage and, and share it with everybody. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> if you guys haven't checked it out, the, the trip uh, Brandon did in the Javelin is up on our YouTube. It's a three-part series. You can check that out. His trip that he did in the Isuzu Pup, that's also there. And this one will be there as well. And you can just type in Overcrest on YouTube. You'll figure it out. You guys are all smart. Uh, You'll and, figure it out. And we'll get, I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to go through the footage, but I might. Uh, a long time. A long time. <laughs> Great. I, I appreciate that. Abby, thanks for hanging out with us. I really appreciate yeah. it. Brandon, thanks thank for you. having me. Thanks, man. It's been fun. I, I'm, uh, you know, I got to thank you guys for the inspiration of, uh, you know, I feel so grateful for uh, the opportunity to, like, here, just make something. And then I made, like, the pub thing a year ago. And then I did the javelin thing. And then it's like, I really like in a year's time, I feel like I really like elevated, yeah. you know, and it's, it's great. Cause like when people give you an opportunity, when people just give you that opportunity, like prove yourself and you're like, Oh, that's like, that's fuel too. You got the mm-hmm. resentment fuel and then you have the opportunity <laughs> fuel and you combine those and it's just like, Boom, let's fucking do this, so are, are you bummed a little bit that I'm not offended? That I think it's fuck, just fucking awesome? I don't think you'd actually be offended, but it, it's helpful to make a boogeyman in your yeah. mind. <laughs> I could be a, you know, I, yeah, yeah. Chris is a very good boogeyman. Yeah, Brandon, good. I can be your boogeyman. It's good. Thank you. Thank you. I need that. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Take care. Take care. Bye, Abby. Bye.